0: Hello, and welcome to the High Maintenance Hippie podcast. This is your host, Ashley, from Ashley Taylor Wellness. On this podcast, we talk about all things beauty, health, wellness, and optimization. Being a high maintenance hippie represents not being boxed in as I strongly believe that one size does not fit all. I'm a nurse turned coach, and I have learned so much about both conventional and alternative options, and I wanna help you expand your options. I'm here to inspire you to learn new ways to improve your quality of life and to take your power back. I'm so excited that you're here, so let's get started. Doing Relationship 2.0, love is not control. And we disagree on a lot of things, but we have that respect and that we do things differently. So I was just so critical, nitpicky, and I thought it was coming from a good place, but it wasn't helping him or the relationship. So I think, you know, women get a bad rap for being more naggy, but in my case, that was true.
1: <laughs> it, that's very, very common that women will start to micromanage yeah. and that can feel like mothering as well, controlling or mothering to a man. And that will erode the polarity and definitely create some, some detachment in the relationship and disconnection. So it's good that you were able to to recalibrate that and reset and be able to trust basically like trusting him and and giving him the space that he needed to to step up you know and and lead in the in those gaps because when you're able to let go and trust him and receive too right because you know you're not doing you're just being that can be hard that can be really hard for women that are you know strong they're Successful, they're go getters, you know. Just to be able to to stop trying to achieve or go towards that goal, like be goal oriented, but just sit back and let things uh, unfold. It's like being present. It's being outcome independent, and it's not it's not actually passive. It's just you're you're not trying to lead the way. You're not trying to be assertive. You're you're really just surrendering. To to what's going to happen without having to do it yourself?
0: Yeah, I think it's it's hard for a lot of people, myself included, because one, my worth was tied to the things that I did. So to have a man provide for me, it was it was when I was very sick. I'm working now. I love working. We realized that uh, our relationship does better when I have something that I'm passionate about, whether it's generating income or not. I need to have something where I am living my purpose. But in that time, auto had you know made great money from crypto and i was dealing with health issues and he said let me support you and i said no way you're going to hold this over my head i you know i don't want to hear about that and he said you're really stealing my blessing i'm trying to you know be there for you and it, honestly it feels so good for me that i can the, i had never heard that from a man before and i give you my word he has never once held it over my head ever it just felt so good for him So that was very strange because I always thought man takes me out to dinner. He wants, he wants something sexual and that might be true in some cases, but I think there are a lot of men who are generous and it's not because they're trying to get something from you. Maybe it's to like, it's not like I took you out to dinner, so this is what you have to do, but it's just, you fill the love bucket and they fill Mm -hmm. it in a different way. And, you know, we all make contributions that are different, but it was really hard for me to receive. I did not feel worthy of it. And I just saw all the reasons why it would be a bad idea.
1: Well, how did you shift into being able to receive that? I mean, that's not easy to do.
0: So we started therapy pretty early on. I'd say three months into our relationship because I knew I did not know how to have a healthy relationship. And we were told we were codependent and that we needed to do individual work, which was one of the questions people had. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that too. But just hearing, you know, from this neutral third party he is very clearly saying that he is willing to help you it seems genuine you know and and we realized that i just felt unworthy and so i just said okay i will take your word for it and he has kept that word so that was i'm very grateful like that that trust has been built. And in my own ways, I'm able to do things for him. So, you know, it's not necessarily a 50, 50 relationship. Sometimes it's like 80, 20, I'd say in the beginning he was doing so much, but it's really about that partnership. And when we can not put our partner's needs ahead of ours, at least that's not what I do. I do as much as I can for myself and give from my overflow and being considerate of my partner. But what do you think about 50, 50 relationships too?
1: Yeah. I don't agree with the 50, 50 split. Mm -hmm. Uh, definitely used to subscribe to that approach did not work for me and so coming to my sort of evolution to my value system now I see it as it's it can't be egalitarian in that sense like you have to see how you're complementary but you're both giving your all for one you said something though that that struck me about the process uh, with you and Otto coming to terms with that it's I mean you you mentioned being traumatized at a younger age, and not really seeing it as trauma, but these are some of the clues that there was trauma, right? Because if you're feeling like receiving from a man was a transactional thing, and that you weren't good enough, you didn't deserve it, like those are the signs that trauma happened in in a subconscious way Mm that created a different understanding of your worth or your identity. And even in the way that you're saying, and even to this day, he hasn't you know ask me for anything yet it's okay. it's almost like that subconscious like the sh- the shoe is going to drop like the other shoe is going to drop or believing that you're okay and it's unconditional is a hard thing you know to to accept and it takes time but what the whole love bucket thing you hit the nail on the head because i think people don't realize and and respect that men love differently not that they never love in the same way a woman does but there is masculine forms of love that we invalidate and that's exactly right a man if he's providing for you if he's paying for dinner if he's buying you things if he's doing things for you doesn't have to be monetary like if he's doing acts of service for you he's doing something with your car your computer your crypto you know like those things are his way of loving you it's not just about writing poems and giving you flowers and those kinds of more feminine ways, which we will do with them. And so when you see that as their real love language, then you have to acknowledge that you need to accept that. Otherwise, what happens when you don't allow someone to love you, right? They, They feel disconnected, they feel stuck, they feel trapped, they don't feel that they can actually connect with you. So they're gonna maybe find it somewhere else.
0: Yes. And so that's a great example of our beliefs shaping, you know, we get in our own way, we self-sabotage. I didn't mean to do that. I'm very grateful he was persistent. And we've always had really good communication where I could just say, you know, my concern is X, Y, Z. And I did share with him about the types of people I had attracted in the past. I'm the common denominator here, so I'm not playing victim. You know, if there, if you continue to attract a certain type of person, you might want to look at well, what in in me is calling that in? But he said I'm here to break the stereotype of how a man will treat you, and like it actually makes me, you know, tearful to think about it because he has. And my mom even she did not. Trust men. You know, it really does make me like these are happy tears because I'm just, I just feel that love so much. And she really had gone through a lot of her own things. The details are not mine to share, but understandably, she had some trust issues too. And she later came around and she's like, he's the only man that I trust. But at least it's an example for her that there are, you know, good men out there and he really wants kids. I thought, you know, no man would want that. It's just what was normalized for me. And then I realized there's a whole other world out there. So maybe we're playing small in our relationships because we think something's not possible or we won't be able to get it. So we're not going to ask for something we don't think is real. But I hope that this relationship has shown you. Uh, if you're listening, you know, I believed I was damaged goods. I believed no good man would want me. And those things were not true. He loved and respected that even more because he's like, wow, to be so honest and to, you know, who can you help from all that you've learned? Like, I didn't know men like that existed. So I hope others know that he may not be for everybody. You know, I don't know if we'll be together forever, but it's, it's been such a, a beautiful opportunity for healing, uh, which brings me to a question that people have submitted. Do we need to work on ourselves before being in a relationship? So let's say you're in a relationship and you realize I have a lot of attachment issues. I don't know how to set boundaries. My communication's not great. I don't really do a good job with conflict resolution. I'm very jealous. Fill in the blank. What would you say to that person who's already in a relationship and to the person who's not yet in a relationship?
1: Well, the best chance that you have to have a healthy relationship and the best possible one is to do as much work as you can when you are single. And whether that means you're single at 30 or whether you're single at 18, you know what I mean? You Mm want to get to work and do your due diligence to be a good human being and responsible. And we don't really get um, conditioned towards that early on anymore. You know, we kind of go to college and we have fun and then we figure out the first job. And so it delays that maturation process. But I think if we're more intentional early on, that will be a real improvement in our society that we're not just delaying really growing up until our 30s. Because not that it's too late, but it just doesn't have to be so late. (laughs) Right? Right. So if we start earlier, that's definitely better. But you know, if you do find someone, because people will find, you know, their love of their life and get married from an early age. And so those people are generally figuring themselves out together as they go along. But they'll have some kind of fundamentals in place, usually family values, and, you know, different different sort of temperaments that align as well. And so that works out for them. But when you feel like you're kind of lost, or you're a mess, and you meet someone who Loves you genuinely, or falls in love with you genuinely, not just the superficial kind. and they're like Otto, they're going to stick by you and you know show you love, demonstrate love as a verb, not just as a feeling, that commitment and yes. that reliability, the consistency, and all of that stuff you don't have, like in your position, you don't have to feel like you're not good enough because he's so much, I don't know him specifically, but let's say he was much further along in his development that he seemed more stable. You can get there as long as you have the accountability and the self-awareness and you take it upon yourself. You have the humility to be honest Mm -hmm. and work towards it. So a lot of times the red flag is not that someone isn't there yet. It's that they're not capable or willing to put in the work and they're just defensive and they're deflecting and all of that, like combat that happens, like that's when it's not gonna work out. But as long as you demonstrate that growth is possible and that you're working towards it, that's what matters. I fully
0: agree. And I don't think I would have grown as much as I had had I not been in this relationship. And I've heard no one triggers us more than our romantic partner. I don't know if you believe that's true, but also if you think you're healed, go spend three days with your family and you'll find new things. So either way.
1: That I believe for sure. (laughs) Yes.
0: And it's not about being fully healed. I don't think that's it, but does your partner want to grow as well? And so that's where we started instead of couples therapy, we did individual work. And the more that I understood his background, Brazilian, very loud, passionate family quiet household with my grandparents, just different. So he would yell. And for me, I didn't like that. And he's like, oh, I'm not yelling but it was just like this intensity. So I started to have more patience when I would say, I know that that is not something that bothers you. For me, it feels like, a little intense? Is that something you'd be willing to work on? And he was like, absolutely. I didn't even know that I was doing it. And I have patience with him because I know how much you know. the early years in life shape who we are, but we can change those patterns. But first we have to see them. And if we have a partnership where we can lovingly, if the other person's okay with it, call each other out, which Otto and I have that type of relationship, then it doesn't feel like you're in trouble or we're not on the same team. It's like, Hey, I love you. And I would want someone to say this. So in the most loving way, I'm going to be direct. And he does that for me. And so it's been a great opportunity for growth, but when people can't put their ego aside or admit when they're wrong, it can be a little bit harder to heal in a relationship. That has been my experience. 100%.
1: Yeah, that's, that's exactly what you need to do is tactfully and lovingly communicate those needs, um, or preferences, like if you're just asking for something that that you would like. (laughs) But um, sometimes it's not so even, you know, sometimes one person is giving more feedback than the other. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's okay, too. Because like we said, like people might be in different places and have had different experiences. But as long as you are not doing it to take control or to belittle the other person. You're doing it to just really clarify where you're at and how you like respond to things. It helps to really just increase the understanding because that's the goal Yes. Is to really be, you're curious about understanding your partner and you want them to be curious about understanding you. And that takes excavating, you know, who your, your personality through all of this conflict. And conflict is gets a bad rap, but it's it's necessary for you to have this tension and to have the stress of disagreement. You know, you you have to be able to to work through the discomfort. And a lot of people are just very reactive and 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 defensive to any of that disagreement or discomfort. So that's why emotional regulation really is at the center of all of this work. And I'm glad that it's now trending, because I, I even think in my formal training and education, it wasn't like really focused on in the mm-hmm. work. And now that we have a word for it, and we're talking about it, it's like, yes, this is exactly what we were missing. You know, we talked about mental health, but it was so clinical. And now we can just really focus on learning how to be to, to regulate our emotions and be responsible for our reactions so that we become more you know proactive we become more responsive and patient and kind and it doesn't mean you're a a robot like you still right. have you're still a human but you're able to to own up to maybe saying the wrong thing or blurting something out that was inappropriate so this is really about accountability too
0: OK, so let's talk about red flags and mistakes that people are making in relationships. And those might be two different things. But what to you are some big red flags that you would see if you were single or it was a friend who's going out and dating? What in inside of you is going to say that's that's a no go?
1: So many things that you can identify. But I think, you know, the goal is to really have your sort of discernment hat on and to know what indicates this person is not relationship ready you know they're they're just not in a headspace that i can really be open to pursuing a relationship with them they might be a good person you know it's not like something to be t- taken personally but there's this is just the evidence that i don't want to keep going and investing in this connection yes. right so it depends on if you're a man or a woman they kind of slightly Change, but entitlement can go both ways. And I think that's one of the biggest ones. And the way that I define entitlement is expecting all these things from someone else, but not embodying them or cultivating them and living by them yourself. So high standards are great, but not if you don't have them yourself. Right. So that I think is, is, Usually, the conversation is around like a man describing a woman as entitled, but it definitely goes both ways. And I think this came up in a conversation about like high maintenance versus high standards. Yes. That we had yes. on Instagram. But that yeah. was my focus is just like high standards are good, but the high maintenance means that you're putting yourself in a position where you're better than somebody else. So you can expect all of this of them but it, it doesn't apply to you. So that's the difference that I, that I make in that regard. So entitlement, number okay. one, probably the biggest one, but also what you want to look out for is inconsistency overall, you know, like just being inconsistent, being incongruent, incongruent, meaning like their actions don't line up with their words. So there's just something off about them and this is when your intuition may may come up right like you're getting these little spidey senses like i'm feeling like i'm not like getting the whole picture here and you know i'm looking at their behavior and it's just kind of all over the place so they're not communicating in a consistent way they may go days weeks without saying anything like depending on you know obviously days would be further along if you go days without communicating in the beginning, if you you don't talk for a few days, that's not a big deal. But if it's like weeks, then that would be like, okay, maybe they're talking to somebody else and seeing where it goes and they're just hedging their bets or whatever. And so usually some people that they may not have a thing about that, but if you're looking for someone who is decisive, who is a good communicator, has integrity, They're not going to sort of play both sides. They're not going to hedge their bets that way. They'll be very clear about where they're at and what they're doing. And so if they're talking to other people, you will know, right? Like it's something that's going to be, you're going to be on the same page. There's not going to be like these big secrets. And that's one of the reasons why I do not like dating apps is because the implicit understanding, it's like a contract you basically, a social contract you sign implicitly, is that you're gonna be talking to multiple people simultaneously. And so it supports people spinning plates Mm -hmm. and you can address that, right? Like if you connect with someone, you can bring this up in conversation and clarify that. And then hopefully, you know, you find someone that's on the same page, but ultimately you're gonna, you have to assume that people that you're matching with on these apps don't feel obligated to tell you (laughs) what they're doing with other people. Right. They just assume that that's kind of how it works, that you just get to talk to a dozen people at the same time, go out with a different guy every couple of days or whatever. And that's the norm. So if people in real life are being inconsistent, are being incongruent, then I would say those are some red flags and you don't have to run away immediately. You can address it. Sure. Yeah. Communicate About it. But if it doesn't get resolved, and if you still feel like they're not saying the whole truth, then I would say, don't, pers- don't, you know, continue investing in that connection. So those are some really significant ones, I would say. Okay. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, I, I wrote some stuff down because yeah. I think, I think it, there's just so many, but four boundaries obviously is another one too man or woman, like if you don't have, like, let's say it's a man and he doesn't have very good boundaries. Maybe he's a people pleaser. He's kind of a pushover. Like that's not necessarily going to be what you're looking for and a future husband or a boyfriend or whatever, right? Like you want someone who knows himself, who's very self-aware and knows what he wants and can communicate that as well. So you don't want someone to be too available, desperate or overly, flexible, you know, flexibility is definitely good, but not to the point where they're, they're just doing whatever you want and not expressing what they need and having their boundaries mm-hmm. around time or activities or likes and dislikes. Like maybe it's someone who doesn't ever tell you that like, they don't like doing something and they just do it because you want to do it. That's Which leads a-
0: to resentment.
1: Exactly. Really. Yeah. So lots of people pleasing going on out there in the dating world. Look out for that. But again, you don't have to run right away. You can address mm-hmm. it and see if that can be resolved first. If it can't, then maybe it's not a good match.
0: Great. Is there anything else that came to mind or that was? those are the big ones?
1: Those are big ones, but I think selfishness is probably one of the other really big ones. Okay. Uh, you know, they're really looking out for themselves. It's kind of like entitlement, but I would say you know, this goes, you might see this play out like in interactions with other people, like how they talk to servers. Yes. That's a big one, right? (laughs) So any way that they put themselves first, not just in regards to standards in a relationship, but as an overall character trait, like they are, they're in an individualistic mindset, basically, like you want someone who wants to to find a partner and to develop a partnership so they're they're curious about you they're considerate of you they're kind those qualities i mean, kind of talking about green flags and red flags but i think those are some of the big ones to look out for but we can get more specific into dating scenarios if you want to but i think looking for the sort of overarching macro characteristics can be more helpful in the beginning
0: yeah so what are some of your top green flags and i'll share mine my red and my green flags or the things that are actually even deal breakers. But what are some of the things that you recommend people look for? You've mentioned congruency with your words. It's kind of like the opposite of what you said. Notice how someone treats other people. They're trying to date you and get some, not get something from you, but they're trying to date you. And if they're trying to build a relationship with you, they might be on their best behavior. But if they're rude to the waitress or a taxi driver or someone else, I think that's very telling. So that's another one
1: that goes into incongruence too, right? Like you're taking, vetting is about really being observant. Yes. You know, and, and putting yourself in scenarios where you are gathering data about, not just about the person, it's not like you're playing an investigator role with them, Mm -hmm. but about your connection too. So vet you vet yourself and you vet the other person and then you vet the relationship. So it's many, many layers and if you're not paying attention and you're just sort of, you know, looking for a fun time, you can miss a lot of these flags. So having that mindset of vetting and being more observant, connecting these dots. I mean, it, I guess for someone like, like me, like when you you go to school for this kind of thing, it's maybe more more natural for for me to like, observe people's behavior and put these things together, but I want to teach you how to do it. I want to teach like people how to do it too, so that you can be more discerning about making your opinions about people judge. Like this is good judgment, you know, judgment gets a bad rap, but like you want to make good judgments about people's character and who they are, because they don't always just tell you who they are and some people don't know who they are. So you have to trust yourself and your own judgment by connecting those dots and observing people's behavior to see who they are.
0: Absolutely agree. I mean, once again, getting to know someone is the biggest thing I would do if I were in a new relationship. I would not say, oh, I want them to call me their girlfriend in a week, or I want them to tell me that they love me right away. No, actually, I would want to get to know someone. And as far as the pace of dates, I am never going to bring someone to my home I know a lot of lady friends who are like, why do you guys just want to have sex? I'm like, I don't know. They don't take you on dates and you just bring them back to your place. So I want to be, well, just for safety reasons, you know. I want someone who's going to court me. And let's say we hang out once a week, then it would maybe be twice a week. And so looking at are we building versus if someone was to hang out seven days a week, to me, that would be a red flag. Like from day one, it's just too much, too fast, it's either desperate energy or it, it just, to me, that doesn't feel like they have a good balance in their lives if they're willing to drop everything. What else? So consistency and communication, how they treat other people. I think talking about money, maybe not like right away, but that is, I think a big reason why a lot of people split. Are you into monogamy? Are you someone who wants an open relationship? Be honest about these things. There's a lid for every pot. And I was never in an open relationship, but I was this close to considering it. Cause once again, I thought that's the only way to get someone to be honest with me. You'd be surprised. Also for me, it's a red flag. If someone is in a relationship, I know it can feel like, Oh, but I'm special and they're going to choose me. If they would do that to someone else, it's very likely they would do that to you. Maybe not with bad intentions, but It's very important to me that that door has been closed on a previous relationship and they have had some space to process. Otherwise, because I used to do this, I would go from relationship to relationship because I didn't want to feel any of those feelings. I'm like, I'll just take some more uh, serotonin, dopamine and oxytocin. So I wasn't really sitting with that and getting to know myself. And I'm like, you'll do, you'll do. And it was just something to distract me because I didn't want to feel a lot of my emotions what do you think about dates so you so this is very interesting someone else who talks a lot about relationships says don't look at their social media i w- i definitely would and just go meet them in person but you suggested a phone call so what do you think about social media i mean for me i want to see are they following a bunch of thirst trap pictures or something like porn stars like that's fine it's just probably not the type of person that i would want to be involved with it's just not my thing. So why do you think that's okay versus creating a story about someone from what you see on their social media that may or may not be true?
1: Well, I do have a book on how to vet on social media. So using social media instead of dating apps. So I encourage people to get off dating apps. And I also encourage people to leverage social media to vet for healthy connections that they're compatible with. So I think you can get a lot of accurate information about people. I mean, Dennis and I met on Twitter, but I know a lot of people who've met on Instagram, on Twitter and different things. But ultimately the algorithms are set up to help align you based on a lot of these factors that we're talking about. So it's much better than dating apps, which are built for More of like quantity rolodex kind of, you know the the paradox of options or whatever it's called. Yes. So social media is more about finding people who you like that you're similar with and putting you together. And you know it it reads all your your I guess everything that you say and all of that. So they'll put things in your line of sight that they think you're interested in, and that includes people. So the quick sort of rundown is making sure that you're actually commenting on different pages, like not necessarily a person's personal page, but let's say you're following someone like us, uh, or you're following a political person or a religious thing or any kind of thing that you're interested in. Make sure that you're not just passively consuming, make sure that you're actively leaving a footprint. I know some people are put off by the footprint and social media. But if you want to use it for this purpose, that's what you have to do because people are going only going to notice you if you say something, right? They don't, they mm-hmm. can't read your mind. And so once you start engaging with people, then you're going to start showing up more on their feeds. Then you can start following each other. You can see their stories, you can communicate, and it's much more organic that way. Not like, a cold DM from a random person. Hey, you're hot cutie. You know, not like that, but actually getting familiar with someone in their natural online environment, because we're basically starting to function in these online communities, almost like there are organic communities, like our Mm -hmm. natural habitats. So we need to start utilizing them in a more productive way. And a lot of people are being able to connect from all across the world this way and making really good, healthy, compatible connections. So I am all for it. Mm-hmm. And I do think that it's it's a way to see people. I mean, obviously, what people post on their feed may be like the highlights. But if you're able to have more engagement in those kinds of community settings like whether it's a, some kind of it could be an Instagram subscription now we have that like maybe you're interacting with them in the in the Instagram subscription and you have more of a personable a conversation with them, like you get more familiar with them first before you escalate to the DMs and you see, you're observing how they interact with people, the kinds of comments they leave, the posts that they make. So that to me is much more helpful and you can determine who's authentic, who's genuine, or who's just kind of putting out the, look at me, I'm trying to impress you pictures. Like obviously there are those people too, but you would vet them out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, with online dating, I could see how it could be very tempting for someone. I'm in a disagreement with my partner, and I'm just going to swipe because there's got to be somebody better. That's where I get nervous, and it's it's designed to keep people on the app. It's really not like, all right, get off, delete it. So if you are online dating, I think it's important when you don't assume just because you're going on dates with someone that you are exclusive. I think that's something I used to do. So until that has been established, I assume that that person is dating other people. I think if you're sleeping with someone, you should know if they're sleeping with other people or not. If you can't ask that question, I don't know if you should sleep with them. That's just my belief. But it could be very easy to just be like, oh, there's another person, there's another person. And I think that's why I don't really care for the dating apps as much, but I think social media is a great way to meet people. And if you do the things that you love, if you, I go to optimize and that's where so many couples I know have met because they have shared interest of working on their health or optimizing their health or church or whatever it might be through mutual friends. So it, it is a little bit harder, but hopefully no one's going to come find you at home on your couch. So you have to put yourself out there. And I agree with what you're saying, whether that's commenting on something, but that's a good way. Instead of being who you think someone else wants you to be, just live your life as yourself and don't be afraid to put yourself out there because you never know who you will meet. And I want to say again, that I tried to push Otto away by telling him who I really was, you know, how I really thought. And he was like, this is so refreshing. And I always felt like I had to be someone else to have people love me. And it is a lot of work to maintain a persona that's not yours. And that can lead to resentment too, because that was the people pleaser in me. So,
1: you know, you said something, and I wish mm-hmm. I remembered the statistic. But okay. you're, you're you're dead right. I can't quote the statistic, but mm-hmm. the number of people who are actually single on dating apps is much lower than you think, and the the percentage of people who are in a relationship on dating apps is much higher than you think.
0: It's wild.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's wild, but
0: there are really great people. And I just think online dating, I know so many people who have met their partner that way. And you said that you met Dennis is his name.
1: Yeah. Dennis. I met him on Twitter.
0: On Twitter. And I don't think Otto and I would have matched online, but (laughs) just, I remember I asked to see his Tinder profile at the time and he, he was in acting school and had a lot of headshots. And I'm like, I don't know. It's a little too pretty for me, but that's the other thing have a phone conversation, get to know people because there were a lot of, I probably, I went on 50 plus dates, if not more, because I said, I want to at least try. I never saw myself getting married or being in a committed relationship, but I'm like, I'm going to regret it if I don't put myself out there. So in doing so, there were a lot of people that I built up in my head and then I met them in person and I'm like, I don't feel that. And there were other people that I'm like, I don't, I don't really feel like I vibe with them. And I loved them in real life, not love, but you know what I'm saying? I really enjoyed their company. So a phone conversation I think can give you more of an impression than just what you're seeing through a screen.
1: Yes, absolutely. A phone conversation and even a video call. And I know some people are like put off by video calls, but I think that's because they date strangers. And so they don't do vetting and they think like a video call with someone I don't know is super strange. But if you take your time And, you know, you are gathering certain information, you're talking, and then you graduate to a video call, and you don't have to sit like this across from the screen from someone, you can be walking, you can be doing things. That's what I tell my clients is to have an active video call. Right? So that's much more interesting than sitting down like you're on zoom. And, uh, and have fun with it. You know, it doesn't have to be long, it can be like a quick call, whatever. But, you know, Someone who is not comfortable showing themselves on the screen is, to me, a red flag, right? Like, especially if it's consistently. A woman who's interested in you, who's enthusiastic and likes you, she's going to want to answer her phone, she's going to want to look good. So she might, I, I tell them, if you do try to call them like video call and they don't answer, see if they call back or see if they text and say, just give me a few minutes and 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 I'll be ready or whatever. And so if she wants to look good for you, that's a good sign, but she should feel excited about talking to you and not like put like you're inconveniencing her or this is like a burden or something like that. So that's definitely another little specific detail that um, is good to sort of see if it's a red flag or a green flag, and I really liked what what you said about increasing the pace because I didn't mention that before. You do want to see the pace of those things increasing as you, you know, you get closer and you move on in the relationship. So if you start off seeing seeing each other too like too much, like however many times a week, then there's nowhere to grow from there, right? Yeah. It's going to sort of stall out very early because it's like the the burn, the, the sort of big flame in the beginning usually burns out. But if you give it that gradual pacing, it can pick up and, and get a momentum going. And that's usually better. And you also said something else that is on my list. Okay. Um, really important. It's being clear of attachments. Like you said, you want to make sure that you have ended past relationships, that you've healed you know, quote, unquote, not like you're ever healed, but just that you have processed things and you've moved on. So that's why I say clear of attachments. And that can be clear of attachments to other people. It can also be clear of ego attachments. And that's kind of hard to describe, but sometimes it's not a specific person, but they're just, uh, they're not open and receptive to welcoming a new person into their life because you're sort of attached to something else that's maybe more symbolic but that's really important to 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 vet for for sure. So I'm glad that you said that.
0: Yeah, I mean, there are so many things that I could ask you and we definitely spent more time. I'm like, "Whoa, I can't believe it." So this will probably end up being a part 1 and part 2. But, you know, in wrapping up, what would you say to a person who is struggling to find a relationship? They want it, they don't know how. You know, at the end I'll ask how people can work with you, but just what would be your advice for someone who wants love and they're just not sure what to do. They're not sure how to call that person in.
1: Well, I think a lot of people are focused on putting themselves in front of people. Like they're worried that they're not able to interact with people. Maybe they're in like a more of a remote place where they feel like there's no good men, there's no good women. And I want to redirect their focus to themselves. So that's usually where I start with people and emotional regulation is definitely one of them learning how to like be self-aware, learning what your triggers are, learning what your shadow is. You know, a lot of people don't don't I mean we might talk about attachment and things like that, but I like to talk about the shadow and the parts of you that you're ashamed of, or the parts of you that you hide, the parts of you that you don't like, it's important to have the courage to look at all of you and integrate it. It's not about erasing all these things it's about understanding where they come from and learning what purpose they have in your psyche right like you might get angry at certain times and defensive or whatever but what is that coming from maybe that level of energy is appropriate when you're trying to protect someone you love or you're defending a cause that means something to you and so Examining those factors is usually hard for people to to look at, but I think it's an important step in the process. And speaking of passion, I think that's also a really important thing too, because a lot of people, they feel sort of lost like there's nothing no real meaning in their lives. and mm-hmm. so they kind of look to a relationship to provide them that meaning. So understanding what is important to them in that sense, women, I, I usually frame it as passion and for men, I usually frame it as purpose, but not that women can have a purpose because that they absolutely can and should, right. but I find that it can be more less of like achievement oriented and like career oriented for women. So just having something that you're really passionate about, that's something that gives you a calling, like that's really important to cultivate And especially for men, that's definitely work that we do that could be extensive work that we do before we even really focus on dating, quote unquote, you know? So I think that is usually sidesteps. People rush past a lot of that work. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how you call in people into your life when you're clarifying yourself in all those ways and just refining yourself, being a better version of yourself and making that a priority, slowing down in some ways, because people get so restless. They just want to, you know, they want to skip to the end, get everything they want. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you actually can just slow down and trust the process and and the journey and just take it day by day and start to implement these new habits of just taking responsibility, being conscious and emotionally regulating, like people think like it's kind of woo woo, but it's, fundamental.
0: Absolutely. You know, and just to summarize some of the things that we've talked about for me, it's become the person that you want to attract. Now that doesn't mean I'm going to grow like a beard or something, but I'm talking about the character traits. I mean, you can't do whatever, but integrity. If I want that in a partner, am I living in that way? If I want someone to be direct and, you know, emotionally regulated? Is that something that I'm working on? So we want these things. And it's really interesting how so many people think that they can change somebody else, but very little energy goes into working on ourselves. That was one thing Otto and I found. We were really critical or opinionated or giving a lot of constructive feedback on the other, but we weren't doing that for ourselves. So working on ourselves, just observing what types of people do I attract? How long do my relationships last? What are what are the themes here? And what would I like instead? Who do I need to be to make that happen? And then sometimes having a neutral third party, someone who will lovingly reflect back to us some of our self-talk, the way that we're showing up, we might miss things because sometimes it's really hard to see when you're in it. And so I'm really grateful that you work with people because on this issue because it's something that we're not really taught a lot about. In school, we don't really learn how to have a healthy relationship and maybe Sex ed, but that's not a relationship. And even that, you know, that's a whole other thing. So we're learning at home, or maybe we don't learn, but this is the opportunity to say, if I don't have what I want in my life and a relationship's important to me, I'm worthy of it. I deserve it. And I need to become the best version of me. And that is how, and do the things that I love. And that is how I will bring that person into my life. We can't control the when or the how, but that is how I look at it. So is there anything you'd want to add to that? and just anything in general as we close out?
1: I think you said that beautifully. Core values are definitely important. So I'm glad you hit on that too, but yeah, well said.
0: Okay. Amazing. So how can people find you on Instagram, Twitter, all the social media platforms? I'll put the links in the show notes, but where are you most active? And I mean, I love your content because you do talk about some polarizing things, but you're so good at addressing the nuance and you don't seem to be like, you know, I've disagreed with things, like even the other, not even disagreed, but I'm like, Hey, what about this? And you're like, Oh, actually, you know, And I don't feel like a defensive energy. It just seems like you're very welcoming. And, you know, clearly from this conversation, when one size doesn't fit all. So thank you for that. But yeah, how can people find you see your work and possibly work with you if they feel like they resonate with you?
1: Sure. Well, Instagram is a great place. You can subscribe to my Instagram too. I call it micro group coaching. So you do get a lot of my, my time and attention there. And I've got a YouTube channel and my Twitter, but the best thing to do is to just reach out for a free vetting call. And usually those go about a half hour and we can get to know each other and see where might be a good place to get involved and invest further, because I have a lot of different levels of working with me. So it doesn't have to be the one-to-one coaching. It could also be like email coaching or yeah, a few different options. You could buy the book. So I hope to hear from some of your your audience members if they're interested in this content.
0: Amazing. I would love to check out the book too. I didn't know you had one. So if you send that to me, I'll also include it in the show notes, but I appreciate you so much. Once again, I look down, I'm like, how has so much time gone by? But you just it's just been so um, easy to speak with you and I love this topic. So thank you for everything that you shared today. And I really hope that this inspires other people to know that maybe you haven't found the right relationship for you, but it is not too late. And there's a lot that we can do. We have a lot more control, but it's really about having that support, that feedback, and just being willing to say, Hey, what, what am I doing? That's not working for me and change. And it doesn't mean something's wrong with us. It just means that things can be even better. And that's how I choose to look at it. So thank you again. It's been amazing. Thank you. I appreciate you, Ashley. I am absolutely loving this face primer from RMS Beauty. I get it from Citrine, which is a high maintenance hippies one-stop shop for all things, clean skincare and beauty. The RMS Beauty face primer is called Reevolve Radiance Locking Primer. The way that I use it is I clean my skin. I put on an antioxidant serum. I put the primer on and then a light layer of lotion. Once I put my makeup on on top of that, it looks flawless all day, so it helps it last longer and it just looks better, sits nicer on my face. And this product, you can save 10% with the code Wellness. so check it out and lots of other amazing options from Citrine. Thank you for listening to the High Maintenance Hippie podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast rate it and leave a review, ideally a five-star review if you loved it. All of this is free of charge and really helps me to be able to run the podcast. If you take a screenshot and tag me, I'll repost you and shout you out on Instagram. So tag Ashley Taylor Wellness and High Maintenance Hippie Podcast. If you have any feedback or guests that you'd like to have, I would love to hear from you so that I'm not just talking at you. I really want to deliver things that are valuable. So send me an email with any feedback, suggestions, or ideas for guests at ashley at And I will leave you with a disclaimer. Please know that this is not medical advice or replacement for seeking medical care. Everything discussed on this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only. Always consult with your medical provider before making any changes. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time.